Hello, and welcome back to Catching Up David. Today is episode 32, Shrek 2. Hello, Hallie. Greetings. Hello, Kristen. Guten Tag. Shrek 2 is a 2004 computer animated comedy film. It stars Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, Antonio Banderas, Julie Andrews, John Cleese, Rupert Everett, and Jennifer Saunders. I've, I've heard of just about everybody, all of the main voice actors, except for Rupert Everett and Jennifer Saunders. And I looked them up on Wikipedia, and I've never seen anything that they're in. So I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> okay. Just yeah, you did knowing, okay. T- no, Look at knowing you. like the main people. We can't test you on like recognizing people's fa- faces and hair on this Yeah, one. no, that would not go well. Unfortunately. Not go well. But I I think I could probably, like Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, Antonio Banderas, John Cleese even, I think I could, like, if you showed me a picture of them and they looked like they had, like, their normal hair, I could probably tell them. Okay. <laughs> At least apart from one another. <laughs> the, that, okay. <laughs> You set in the bar very you low. Said it low like, and then you... How am I going to tell apart <laughs> yeah. Julie Andrews from Eddie <laughs> you Murphy? Moved it down even further. Yeah, if you threw Julie Andrews in there, I could probably I could probably point out which one she was out of the rest of those people. A lot of people say she looks like Antonio Banderas, though, so oh, they do yeah. look very similar. That's so that might be real tricky for you when you're in your limbo bar. Yeah. Shrek 2 was met with favorable reviews from critics and audiences alike, grossing 919 million worldwide and receiving two Oscar nominations for Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for Counting Crows Accidentally in Love. It was the highest grossing film of 2004 and, until Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, was the highest grossing animated film of all time. So good for Shrek 2. Good for Shrek 2. Good for Shrek 2. I did not know that Accidentally In Love was, I don't know why I said it that way, In Love, was an original song for I this. I also didn't I thought know it that. was like a Counting Crows song that they just put in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like all the That's other songs. That's bananas. It's, yeah. a, it's a jam. Yeah. It is. I'm, I'm yeah. happier knowing this fact. Thank you for sharing that. You get a point, David. I, Actually, I, no, you I, don't get a point. You always have these fun facts, so I retract yeah. it. But I'm happy. Fair enough. Yeah, it was, um, I, I like Counting Crows a lot, actually. I like the soundtrack for this movie quite a bit. There were a lot of artists that I enjoy that I didn't realize were in this movie, which, like, of course I wouldn't, but, like, Nick Cave is in this movie, and Tom Waits is, like, singing a song in the bar, and, like, Counting Crows, who I really enjoy. So that was a that was a highlight. I enjoyed the music in this movie quite a bit. Okay, I I had hoped that you would, because rewatching, I was like, wow, the soundtrack is really, really good. And then I was like, I bet David will like it, but who knows? Who knows? Who can say? So You can say. I can say. I did say. You can say. You're going to go on to your little spiel, and then I'll ask about what number out of ten afterwards. Okay. Luckily, the spiel is going to be pretty long, so. <laughs> Great. We'll, uh, we'll stall for time before I have to give you what number I gave it. 
in case it's been a while since you've seen it. Shrek 2 continues the story of Ogre Shrek and his new wife, Princess Fiona. Upon returning from their honeymoon, Fiona receives a summons from her parents to return to the kingdom of far, far away for a ball in honor of her new marriage. Shrek resists, certain that her parents will hate him for being an ogre, though eventually relents and the two make the long journey with Donkey to the kingdom. As it turns out, Shrek was right. The king does hate him and hires an assassin, Puss in Boots, to take him out. But the cat is no match for Shrek and to make amends, offers to help Shrek to make it up for him. Shrek, Donkey, and Puss in Boots then break into the fairy godmother's potion factory to steal a happily ever after potion that transforms the ogre into a handsome man and Fiona back into her human form. But is that what Fiona really wants? A monstrous gingerbread. Tom waits in a bar and a litter of donkey dragons. Shrek 2! Woo! Woo, Shrek 2! Okay. Well, <laughs> as far as the personality quiz results go, I got I got donkey, which means my description is, <laughs> quote, you can come across as annoying and too energetic sometimes, but deep down, your friends find you funny and charming. You're really gullible and kind-hearted, so people sometimes take advantage of you. Even though you're the comic relief, you can be really emotional and would die for the people or ogres you love. People love how supportive and loyal you are. Like quite a summary. I was um That's quite a summary. They used the word love a lot. They did. They did. I, I, I was kind of disappointed because I do find Donkey a little bit annoying. And one of my paranoias <laughs> is that other people find me obnoxious too. So I was like, oh God, what if I am Donkey and other people don't like me and think I'm annoying? Thanks, thanks, quiz. <laughs> the thing is that when I was taking it, that first question was like, which of these describes you? And the only one that I felt adequately captured me was annoying. So I clicked it and was like, oh, this isn't going to go well for me. And then I too got donkey and was like, that's fine. I accept it. I can live with this. Yeah. Donk I did not get donkey. Wow. Good. Do you have any guesses? Fiona. David, do you have a guess? Shrek. I got Fiona. Wow, I'm so smart. I get a point. You do not get a point. I should get a point. Um, the No, you don't. You've known me, unfortunately, several years now. This isn't anything special. It has been You just guessed years. a character. Anyway, the description says, Though you're bold and independent, you try to make the people around you happy, and you're probably the mediator of your friend group. It's more important for you to be with the people you love than to stick to, tra than to, stick to tradition. You always try to do the right thing, even if it means making a difficult decision. People should never underestimate you. And that's right. They shouldn't. Or I will make their lives miserable. Mm. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Not that. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I got Fiona. So no disrespect to Donkey, but I win this round of the personality quizzes. Yes, I think you do. Yeah, we can give you that. It's because I, like Beth, am the best of us. Well, you're not. You're not Beth. I am We've established Beth. that over and over again and again. And yet the quiz... Says I'm Beth. I just you do quizzes. And this says I'm Fiona. The quiz is wrong. 
This one was no. right, but this, but the others, the others have been. At least we didn't all get the same one, though. That's true. <laughs> this has, has happened a couple times. Whatever. Yeah. David, scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Let me just preface it by saying, I don't <laughs> think my sense of humor really lined up with this movie's particularly well. Like, I didn't hate it, but there were a number of jokes that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and that kind of soured the experience of it for me. And I think also, like, the movie is rooted in pop culture in a way that I don't have a very large connection to, obviously. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. So some of the other jokes, like, either went over my head or, like, weren't as funny for me as someone who might be into, like, I don't know, American Idol, which is, like, a bonus on the DVD. There's a whole, like, here's yeah. characters singing songs as if they were on American Idol and Simon Cowell is there and being mean to them. And, like, there's that. There's, like, the cops parody where everyone's getting arrested. Nights! Which I actually thought was a pretty good scene. But, like, I don't have much of a connection to that show or... I mean, I don't either, like but the joke is just, oh, it's the show Cops. Right. So I feel like you don't really need to have more than a surface-level understanding. Right. I feel like all of this is just you recognizing that they're parodying something yeah and you have a vague familiarity with it to be like haha that's funny you don't have to like like i don't watch american idol but it's still enjoyable i really enjoyed that bonus dvd thing the american idol one yeah i didn't i didn't watch it but yeah, i saw we that didn't it think was, that you did i it was <laughs> part of the uh i saw that it was part of the dvd and it started playing after the after the credits, and I was like, "Oh no, I can't do more of this." <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna guess that you gave this movie a five. Yeah. No, I gave it about a six. So you gave this the same score as Titanic. Well, I think I would actually rather watch Titanic again than this. So maybe that means Titanic is actually like a six and a half. This this made me like appreciate Titanic more. <laughs> like like I'm <laughs> happy, comparison. I guess. In comparison. I'm happy, I guess. That yeah. you appreciate Titanic a smidgen more, but these aren't the right circumstances to be appreciating Titanic. Shrek two was a wonderful film. And I was like, Oh, yeah. David's gonna give this a low score and I'm gonna have to be mad at him again. Yeah. I just assume that you never stop being mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Just so tell I me. Just never stop being mad at Donkey. Yes. So, tell me what you like so much about this movie. Either or it's both fun. of you at the same time. Kristen, go. Ugh. Actually, okay. Not that I dislike the movie, but as I was watching it this time, I thought, huh. You know, it feels like less happens than I remember. And that's not to say that I remember certain scenes being in there that weren't, or like I was confusing movies or anything, but I don't know. It, it like looking back on the events of the movie and the plot and everything that happens, I thought, huh, shouldn't there, shouldn't there be like a little bit more? And so it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but I couldn't help but think 
is is there something missing? Is this just what getting older is? Is this another aspect of that? But I do like it because as much as I enjoy Disney and everything, you know, they had such an iron grip on any sort of fairy tale thing. And I like that DreamWorks came along with Shrek and just upended it and sort of did their own thing. And they play into the fairy tales, but in, like, a comedic way. And it's lighthearted, and it's fun, and you have, like, the Prince Charming, who sucks, and he has, like, the cherry gloss lip balm or whatever. And I don't know. I just, I think it's a fun time, and I like just how different everything is, I guess. I don't know. And it, it pokes fun at Disney, for example, but it's not necessarily mean about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a it's a new perspective of looking at things, and I think it's really fun. They got fun characters. I like Donkey, even though you think he's annoying. We meet Puss in Boots yeah. with his cute little kitty face when he's standing there and he's holding his hat and his paws. I don't know. It's it's nostalgia. Yeah, like Shrek is like. I actually don't like the first Shrek nearly as much as I like Shrek Two. And I, the humor in Shrek, Shrek relies more on, like, toilet humor than I usually like because I just don't like toilet humor at all. But it works for the kind of movie that it is because it's like an ogre, so it feels, like, organic to the character. So I'm like, it, it feels like this kind of humor should be here and I can just ignore it for all the humor that I do like in the movie. And I also think that Shrek gets a little, like, it again veers towards a meaner humor than I'm usually into, but it, like, stops just before I have a problem with it. I feel like all their parodies of fairy tales come from a place of love and nostalgia, and it feels like the writers are laughing with you rather than just trying to get you to laugh, and that makes me happy. Um, Puss in Boots is great. He's probably the reason why Shrek 2 is my, is my preferred Shrek. Otherwise, I don't know. I just think it's good. It's one of those 90-minute animated films that's like, here's a story, it's got compact scenes, and it's got a lot of heart, and it's got an emotional turnabout, and here you go, have fun. And I'm like, I will, thank you. <laughs> Going off of your toilet humor comment, though, I do think that that's also another thing that Shrek does well, because I also don't like toilet humor. Usually just anything along those lines. I don't think is funny yeah. just because it's toilet humor. Yeah. If you, like, do a funny thing, sure, I'll laugh. But, yeah, it seems more genuine to Shrek's character, but none of the jokes that they make that are along those lines am I ever really like, ugh, disgusting. Like, at worst, I just go, ew, but in, like, a lighthearted way. Like, ah, that ogre living <laughs> in his swamp. That Shrek. It's, it's not <laughs> that Shrek. Rapscallion, but it, it it's able to take like a sense of humor that I don't usually enjoy, and I can laugh with it, or at the very least, not dislike the movie because of it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's got enough other humor that like the toilet humor is a is a facet of the movie without it being the only thing it's relying on. Like uh, top tier humor in Shrek 2 is when the fairy godmother has has um, Harold in her little wagon, her little flying wagon, and she's like, you maybe do something I don't want to do when they're just at the drive-thru. 
for the for the fat fryer's place or whatever and um prince charming orders like a medieval meal and he gets a little axe and then he puts on the little crown that comes with it and nothing is said about it he just sits there wearing the crown and the axe eating a happy meal and that makes me very very happy that's extremely funny it's extremely funny and i love it yeah. it's got a lot of little moments like that and i just i don't know i really like the dynamics in shrek too also the soundtrack is great yeah I think for me, a lot of the humor felt really like conservative, I guess. Like, in what way? I don't know. That's there an were, interesting take. There was a fair bit of like transphobic stuff, and or at least like making fun of people who aren't straight and cis. Like, we get the fairy godmother's line about the gender confused wolf. Okay, yeah. That and, was like, I there's, got to that and yeah. I was like, oh, then there's that's fair. then there's that's the whole written. character of the ugly stepsister who is ugly, I guess, because she's not I don't know, is is she supposed to be trans? Is she supposed to be a drag? I don't queen? think she's supposed to be trans. She just, she's just supposed to be like that. Is she, yeah, or is she just, just a more masculine? Is she just appearance? ugly because she's a more masculine woman? Like, I, I don't know. I, something about that made me uncomfortable. There's Pinocchio, okay. like, wearing women's underwear that was, like, you know, something, something about that, too. Like, the way that they were joking about it made me uncomfortable. Okay, some of their and, jokes like, have not aged well. And then, like, you know, and that's on top of like the the fart jokes and the bodily function jokes and stuff. I don't know. It just felt like I was watching, what is it like Jeff Foxworthy and the Redneck Comedy Tour or whatever at times. And that's like okay. it's just not it's not my thing. And there was enough of that like space throughout the movie. Like there were funny scenes. And there were scenes that I was like, oh, I really like that. But then there would be another joke like that, and it would bring me down again. And I'd be like, huh, I don't know how I feel about this whole project with things like that scattered throughout. That's fair because I, I also, when she said gender confused wolf was like, Oh, did we need that? Mm. And I do think that, you know, they make fun of Prince Charming for being very vain and into his looks and like the, the cherry lip balm and everything. But at least that I interpret as more so like Fiona is an ogre and she loves Shrek and Shrek is like the anti-charming. So at least in that case, I think it could be more of just a general preference of like, like what's going on? Like what? Like it still isn't great, but I don't know. And actually though, the underwear thing with Pinocchio, I... Like, yeah, it still is awkward and weird and ventures more towards, like, just kind of odd. But at the same time, is it weird that as I watched, I was like, you know what? They're not, like, making fun of him, making fun of him. They just sort of give him this look, but they're not like, Pinocchio, how dare you? And then, I don't know. I was like, maybe he finds it more comfortable. Power to him. And they just, I think, kept egging him on for the sake of needing to get his nose to be longer so that Gingy or Gingerbread Man, whatever his character's name is, can go across with the keys. So, that one, that one's a gray area. That one, they don't... But there were several things where I'm like, you know, I I see what you're saying. They don't outrightly shame him, which is a low bar for, like, is this scene okay? But (laughs) at least... That bar was met. I have complications about that scene, too. Because I just, I don't like the specific woman's underwear joke, but I like the joke of, I am lying about this thing you don't think I'm lying about, and now my friends are giving me a hard time. 
while my yeah while my yeah, nose yeah is. there's like so that, many ways there's so many ways you can so many directions you can take that joke i know are, and there are like, like a million better ones yeah. i know i know yeah but like uh, it didn't age it didn't age well those 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 lines did no. not age well yeah it did not but on the whole know. when i was watching it i was like wow this holds up like i'm i'm having a good time watching this movie yeah, and maybe it's just maybe if I had seen it as a child or something, like this being my first introduction to Shrek Two, I think also has something to do with it. Like coming to coming to a piece of comedy for the first time and seeing jokes like that without having any like you know nostalgia for it or whatever. Yeah. It's harder to it's harder to yeah. be like. Oh, you know, oh, it's just Shrek, and that didn't age very well. But there's all these other things that I like about it. Like this is the first, this is the first time that I got it. Can't fault you for that one. Yeah, I did like like the scene where um, Shrek and Fiona are meeting the king and the queen for the first time, and we get the everybody's dialogue is like spliced up. Like that scene was really funny. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. That was that was really good. I liked. Um, I'm I'm scrolling through quotes on uh, on IMDb looking for scenes that I remembered. I did like the um, like the the visual gags, like you mentioned with the um, the medieval meal and the giant axe. Yeah, and then, he's just and then Harold gets out, of happy the, meal. gets out of the thing, and he's like still holding the big axe for some yeah. reason. Yeah, use your imagination. That's what she says when she yeah. tells it to him. Yeah, that was. That was good. I did like I did like Puss in Boots a lot, um, just to like focus on things that I did enjoy about the movie. I I was happy that Puss in Boots is just like this normal sized cat who does normal cat things. Yeah. And like, <laughs> sure, he's got a sword and he's got some like fancy boots, but he's like the least threatening hitman ever. He just like yeah. he just like jumps at Shrek and like tries to claw him a bunch. He's then, defeated so easily. Yeah, Shrek <laughs> just like picks him up by the scruff of his neck, and that's the end of it. How did he get this reputation for being like a badass ogre assassin? It doesn't make any sense. And I love his introduction in the in the shady back room when Harold goes to engage his services. It's just like a really fun vibe because everybody knows it's Puss in Boots in the dark, silhouetted with only his eyes, and it's just like edgy and fun. And then he is just a normal cat. Yeah. Who's not really good at his job, and it's just a really fun vibe that I that I like. Plus, like I think sequels, it's very very hard to like introduce new characters who you want to be like a part of the core team. But everybody likes Puss in Boots and wants Puss in Boots to be a part of the core team. Like the duo Donkey and Shrek is now better with now be being a trio with Puss in Boots. I would I would agree with that. I think the yeah. three of them play off of each other pretty well. I was also really happy to see the um, the fairy godmother as the villain. Yeah, she's a really good villain. I think maybe part of the reason I like this movie so much is because I love her as a villain and I love Charming as the secondary ineffectual villain. Yeah. Who doesn't actually do anything but goes along with the villainous scheme. Yeah, I, like normally the fairy godmother character is just this sort of like... She's just kind of a plot device. She'll move action along by granting the main character like whatever she most desires. So there's usually restrictions on that. But like mostly she's just like, I'm gonna show up and make things better. 
So I was glad that this fairy godmother was like really scheming and owned a a factory <laughs> that made potions. <laughs> like a sweatshop, yeah. Yeah, and, and uses like... her power like for her own purposes to get her son married rather yeah. than to just help somebody out. She uses the trope for for evil, and it's 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 a really good use of the trope. Happiness is just a teardrop away. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good representation of capitalism, she which is, is always the villain. Which is, yeah, always nefarious. Yes. So how did you how did you feel about Donkey? Now that I I like Donkey. donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I like Donkey, and I can't tell. I mean, I guess it, it's possible that part of that is nostalgia because you know. Everyone loves Donkey and how funny he is when you see it when you're little. And so that probably is just carried over. But I do think he's entertaining um, because part of his whole shtick is that he is annoying and Shrek is constantly like, Donkey, shut up. Oh my God. But I don't know. He's very like caring and sweet. I don't know. Donkey's great. I have no problems with Donkey. He's not like the Jar Jar Binks of the Shrek movies. Oh, certainly not. No. He's like... I don't know, the quiz summary was pretty correct because he is, like, all of those positive qualities the quiz said about him. And I do think he's extremely funny, but I think the movie knows that he's extremely funny and so tends to overuse him a little bit. And I think he'd be funnier if he was in the background a little bit more. But I also kind of disagree with the statement I just said because Donkey's personality is not one that relegates him to the background, so it also still feels in character. That he's maybe overused a little bit much? I don't know. I think this was also one of those movies where people would, like, overquote the good parts. So I got a little bit like, uh, which is maybe why I like Shrek 2 more than Shrek. Because having Puss in Boots, like, softens Donkey a little bit once there are two sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't because... think so? Because... No, because Olaf, the thing about Olaf is that, like, Olaf, I think, was genuinely enjoyable as a character, and then everyone loved Olaf. For some reason. And then they just, like, rode that out for forever. Like, it got to be too much. There was just constantly Olaf everything all the time. He was everywhere. It was horrible. I was very nervous going into Frozen 2. Like, God, how much Olaf are they going to put into this? But he was actually my favorite part of Frozen 2. So I think Disney at least figured out how to strike a balance there. But Donkey, to me, like, yeah, he has the funniest lines, but it never got to the point where it was just everywhere like donkey everything 24 7 and i just got to enjoy donkey without hating him so no he's not olaf (laughs) i'm i'm just referring to the characters strictly in their movies because i as as you well know i have no idea how much olaf or donkey made it out into the the world (laughs) I don't know. I I guess. I see what you're saying, but you're just, like, you're just putting them both into the category of animated funny sidekick character who, because it's a children's movie, is slightly annoying. Like, those are the similarities between them. 
And it's it's kind of a very broad descriptor. I don't know. It's like Hallie said, uh, Donkey's personality does not make him be pushed to the side. He's just there, and he's fun, and he's he's Donkey. And, I don't know, not not everything I think is meant to be like a funny quip, like it often is, but it doesn't have to be, whereas I feel like Olaf got all the funny one-liners, and that is what he was meant to do. He doesn't necessarily push the plot along. I think Donkey is still at least like a helpful character and plot tool. Not so much in this movie. He doesn't like have a plot besides going along with things. But you see what I'm saying. Yeah, at least like Donkey's conversations, right when right when I'm reaching the zenith of can something please happen, then something Donkey says like pushes the story forward and isn't just like to be funny. So Donkey, like he he does it for me. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, Generally I mean... positive feelings about Donkey. You're trying to get us to say bad things about Donkey, but it's not gonna happen, <laughs> it's... David. I I like. I liked Olaf more than I liked Donkey. Interesting. That's an interesting hmm. take. I mean, I think I think they're basically like they filled the same role for sure. They're both like the comic relief, you know, kind of like kind of obnoxious or like they can be. But I think having only seen Frozen, I think I watched that one twice. And and then being done with it, like not having to deal with frozen every day of my life like some people had to (laughs) i think i was i think i was pretty cool with olaf whereas whereas donkey i felt like the jokes that donkey got in this one a lot of the time were like like when they're in the wagon and they're heading to the kingdom and it's just like are we there yet no are we there yet no and it was just like repetitive and kind of obnoxious and it's to show the passage yeah, of time it david it's to show how what far it's to show the passage of time and just how far 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 away is i mean they could have shown all those far, things but like far away. don't ever do that again oh my god and <laughs> i quoted that's how he says it and and, and and that's that's the plot device. And you have Donkey, who, of course, he's going to be like, are we there yet? Because that's exactly how he is. And then the reason they do it so often is to beat it into your head like, yeah, this place is far away. It's far, far away. Yeah, you know, I sort of I sort of got that, though. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it because Donkey did it, David. Come on. Without that, none of us would have ever gotten the hint. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. That's one of that's one of the. It's not a joke that I necessarily like or would keep, but they cut it off right when I'm getting frustrated with it. So it's like, okay, you get a pass, fine, whatever. See, if anything, and at least at least Shrek gets to like do his own annoying thing back to Donkey. I think if. I think if there wasn't as much back and forth in that scene, I would be more annoyed with it. Well, that's what I was about to say. If anything, I'm kind of surprised, David, that you prefer Olaf because at least in Shrek, when you get annoyed with Donkey, Shrek also gets annoyed with Donkey. And so you get to have a character 
yelling at the character that you don't like. So I feel like you'd be like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Whereas with Olaf, everyone loved Olaf. And so even when he starts to be annoying, you don't have a character being like, Olaf, shut up. I'm going to kill you. And I don't know. I thought you would enjoy this a little bit more, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah. I don't remember ever feeling like I wanted to kill Olaf, though. I thought I, I found Just him... lightly maim. Yeah, we're like, you know, impale him. You made a you made a quote reference. Look at yeah, you, I remember I'm so proud of you. I remembered a thing that happened in a movie that we watched. You did, and then you like successfully applied it to a conversation. Yeah, look at that. This is the first episode thirty-two. That's life. <laughs> That's the life skill you're learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Olaf. I, I I would have to rewatch Frozen, which maybe maybe is a bad idea because then maybe I would get annoyed with Olaf. It's <laughs> and a I'd be like, "No, sword. you're right. You're right. There's I hate no him." There's no winning. But I don't know. There was something about just donkeys over the topness that I was not especially here for this afternoon when I watched it. Like I I like. There's obnoxious donkey, and then there's, like, really sweet and loyal donkey. And he's rarely both at the same time, I think. And... Well, see, I, I think... I don't know. I, don't... I, I have a growing fondness for the obnoxious, over-the-top characters. Like, the older I get, I feel like the less I should like them, and yet I like them more. So... Maybe that's part of why I'm like, stop talking trash about Donkey. I don't know. <laughs> to I each guess I their can see own. Yeah. But it also feels like like Donkey being annoying is a sort of love language. That yeah. like you know, the the way that like you're really mean to your closest friends. Oh, I'm not. It but it feels oh. <laughs> David, being <laughs> mean is the best part of friendship. <laughs> it's true though like <laughs> like i i recognize that you are but <laughs> that's okay. not that's not my particular love language it feels like something akin to that when donkey is being donkey and maybe that's it because it's not your love language and you're not a person who's like mean to your friends you don't you don't that's get this you don't get the whole satisfaction of shrek even though he still loves donkey and is like his best friend just is mean to him and they're kind of mean to each other we made a breakthrough we discovered something about david thanks to shrek too (laughs) and his feelings about donkey you're welcome i mean i could have just told you that i'm not mean to my friends (laughs) no this was the better way to find out this contextualizes it and donkey yeah there's my conclusion i had like i had like a (laughs) sentence that summarized everything but the only word that i could think of was donkey (laughs) to really punctuate what we have discovered today yeah there we go made a made a lot of ground today in this episode we did congratulations we found that out uh what else did you want to say about donkey in particular Oh, I don't know. I think I think I lost whatever it was, so it must oh, not have sorry. been particularly important. Well, if it comes back to me, I will bring it up again. 
Okay. Good. So one of the messages of the movie, and I, I'm not sure if this is right, but one of the things that comes up a lot is like being willing to make changes for the person that you love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you think that's yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. I I would call that a theme. Yeah, I, I just I wasn't sure if it, it it's a theme that comes up. I just wasn't sure if it was like the main message of the movie, like like if there was a moral that you should take away. I think the moral is probably one of those classic things of kind of like being yourself and accepting yourself, and then also it it's not quite this, but sort of like not taking things for granted and not wishing they were better and thinking like grass is green around the other side um i get like that's probably part of it because the whole thing is that you know shrek thinks that fiona's dad won't like him because he's an ogre and he's correct and you know all these other people like the fairy godmother is still judging him for being an ogre and he thinks that Fiona wants a better life where she's not an ogre, but really it's just you got to accept yourself and you have to be who you are instead of being something you're not. But it is very kind of him to be willing to give that up if it is for Fiona. And then I guess not taking things for granted is sort of in that same vein of, I had a better example and I just lost it. So that descriptor is not going to, come to fruition Donkey. you just have to trust me on it right <laughs> i i think there's i think there's a pretty general like be true to yourself sort of message that is often found in in movies directed at this age group um but i also think that the making making changes for your loved ones is also a moral and not just because like that happens but because they they acknowledge what can happen when it goes too far. Like with Charming, you know, her dad is like, well, pe sometimes people change. And she's like, no, that's like a completely different person. That's just <laughs> that's just blatantly not Shrek. But at least when Shrek is like a sexy human, he's still, he's still very much himself. So it feels like the movie knows there are, there are limits. If it's really trying to push the message, I don't know that it's trying to push it so much as it just organically happens. It's there's a there's at least like a, you know, like a stopping point. Plus, I like that Fiona said like, "Hey, consider this. I've made changes for you," which she has. And then Shrek thinks about it and is like, "I can, I can, I can also make some sacrifices to make this work because it's important that both people in the relationship do that." It's true. Yeah, and then later. The the king talks about changes he's made for the queen. He's probably like referring to previously being a frog, which yeah. is a pretty big change. <laughs> it is, yeah. Like to be fair, I would also probably choose being a human over being a frog. I've never been a frog, so I can't say for sure. But that feels like frogs the... have it pretty good, I think. One time, yeah, but like one time, a I sentient I... frog. <laughs> Yeah, Sentient Frog sounds great, though. One time my friend and I were rapping mm -hmm. Eminem's Lose Yourself over by a frog, and it, like, jumped in at the perfect time. It was one of the best things to ever happen. <laughs> Highlights. <laughs> Frogs are great. And then it was fun, because I kind of forgot that her dad used to be a frog and then turns into a frog at the end of it. And so 
when they show, when he goes into that, like, shady bar and they have the frog lady looking up at him and she's like, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And he's like, no, you're just thinking, oh, they're probably recognizing him because he's the king. What is he doing in this shady bar? But no, it's because he has a secret frog story background. And he, when he and Lillian are talking about their first kiss, she's like, remember when we used to walk down by the pond? It's like, oh, the first kiss was when he, like, turned into a prince because it's, like, the kissing the frog thing. Like, I I think it's very clever. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, it's a really, it's good writing, which is, like, I I don't know. It's That's Shrek's forte is the little tiny details. Yeah. Just peppering in, so it's like foreshadowing. But like my first watch through, I definitely didn't expect him to have been a frog, and then I was like, "Oh, that's what all those lines were." And then in every subsequent watch through, I'm like, "This is great! I can see someone going in and being like, wow, he was a frog.' That was a really good plot twist. I can also see someone being like, "I saw it coming," and fine, whatever. But like, I feel like all the parts are there, and they're just orchestrated perfectly. Anyway, morals of the movie. We can go back to that. <laughs> No, that's fine. Yeah, I guess I was wondering, I guess, if the movie, does it take it too far or does it take it too far to sort of illustrate the the problems of like what can happen if you change too much? There, there's something about appearances in the movie that keeps getting kind of hammered on. Like everybody's always like repulsed by the ogres but then you know then shrek becomes an attractive man and like the first thing that happens is like these women are all over him and then like you know donkey is perfectly happy being a donkey but then suddenly he's a stallion and he's like oh my god i'm a stallion look at me i'm so great now and you know prince charming isn't interested in Fiona until she's like human Fiona. So yeah. I I don't know. Like all of this somehow in my mind ties into the message of the movie being willing to make changes for the person that you love. And I'm not quite sure how to articulate it. Well, but... I guess like the jokes about like, ah, he's an ogre always were tangential to the other like gender slash mean-spirited jokes that I just kind of, like, glossed over to enjoy the other parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the, like, making fun of being an ogre thing is kind of weird, especially in a fantasy world where there are a lot of different types of, of creatures and people. It feels like that would be fairly commonplace, but yeah. it's not. And I feel like I, I don't know, I'm, the whole, like, you married an ogre, this is his nature, this is what he does, just has some, like, implications that I don't like thinking about, because I'm kind of sick of, like, allegories for racism and fantasy movies, and I don't necessarily think Shrek 2 was trying to go for that, but I could see how somebody could read it as that. Yeah, Which is why I... I think the conflict of you married someone I didn't approve of is good and I like that conflict and I really like the dinner scene it just that some lines touch on that just a little bit too close for me yeah yeah that's the thing I was also wondering about and didn't put in my notes because like I didn't 
want to continue <laughs> like getting into I didn't want to yeah I didn't want to continue getting into like all these things that like made me uncomfortable about the movie yeah but that was another thing that I definitely recognized and was not really sure what to do with yeah and I feel like that's really tied into the moral though because like it is a very general be yourself we can all it doesn't matter if you're an ogre if you're happy that that kind of thing i feel like obviously the message is a good one with like king harold should have just accepted what his daughter's choice was at the beginning because it like doesn't matter right uh and etc etc so like all the morals are like you know they're pointing they're pointing the good way yeah it's I was just, just that like I, I was a little bit it's afraid that the moral stuff. yeah i was a little bit afraid that really the know. moral was like be yourself it's okay if you're an ogre but wouldn't it be better if you were hot <laughs> well yeah yeah like and like that seems to go against the moral of like it's cool to be yourself as long as you're a good person or whatever there's a there's a there's there's some unpacking that I don't feel qualified to do. But at least she says, I want to be with the ogre I married. So they're like, yeah, ogres forever. And it's it's the right choice. Even though I actually really like how human Shrek looks. I'm not even like into him. <laughs> I just think his design is really good. So if it were human Shrek versus Peter B. Parker, definitely still oh, peter, peter b. Parker. b parker yeah no okay. yeah peter b parker yeah that's what i thought any day <laughs> i just find the shrek human design interesting and like i'm glad that they did that yeah yeah it is it is funny like i, I i'm not sure what i imagined like shrek as a human to look like i'm not sure if it was the sh the shrek human that he turned into be but, yeah, it's interesting because it's both right and and like oh, that's what we went with. Yeah, you know that like two things at the same time. Yeah, he's not he's not as like I was I was sort of expecting him to look more like John Goodman maybe. <laughs> at least a young John Goodman, sense. I hope. Well, like, you know, Shrek age John Goodman. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, what else should we what else should we talk about? Um this is this is a relevant point to human Shrek. I really like when all of his friends are in his house and they're watching nights well they're watching like the ball coverage, but then a commercial for nights comes on and and they see him being arrested and he's yelling like I'm Shrek, I'm Shrek and I like that they just pause it and then they all look at each other. And nobody discusses anything. We just cut from there. I really like that cut. Because everybody is confused. But they just kind of are like, okay, well, I, I guess I guess Shrek had an adventure. And yeah. we just gotta go bail him out of this one again. I really like how effortless the communication among that little group of fairy tale creatures was. And how yeah. baffled they all were by the by the turn of events. Yeah. I like the um the three blind mice a lot. Yeah, I and, love the three blind mice. And all of the uh <laughs> all of the jokes involving like like when 
one of them is trying to light the dynamite to blow off the grid for the um or blow off the like the manhole cover for the dungeon and it just like completely misses and falls through the grate that was that was yeah. pretty good which is a yeah and i feel like if i were updating this movie i would probably also take out the three blind mice because yeah. the ableism is probably not good right but at least the mice move in a funny way and i really enjoy that yeah like that that was one of those things that i can also recognize is like maybe problematic i don't know i thought it was funny like physically the the humor of the mice of the, of the mice missing things that they shouldn't be missing right it just it just sort of it just sort of tickled me, I guess. Yeah. What else? I don't know. I just, I, again, I like all the details. Like, I like just the awkwardness of when they first get the, at the swamp, the notice from the king and queen, king and queen, that they want to have the ball there. And then you just sort of see the guys who delivered it just kind of awkwardly shuffle away as Shrek and Fiona start to fight. <laughs> and they just sort of, go and they look around and I like that in Fiona's bedroom they had the poster for the Stonehenge band and I don't know if that was supposed to be a play on a specific band or anything but I just really enjoyed that they had that extra little character as well as they had a poster that said Sir Justin on it and it's supposed to be Justin Timberlake and it's fun because Justin Timberlake does a voice in the third movie he does. It's the worst Shrek movie, but he does do a voice. Oh, I kind of like Shrek 3 because I really enjoy really? I really enjoy Fiona and the other princesses going around and doing things and when Snow White goes to like uh distract the guards or something like that and she starts singing and you have all the birds around and then suddenly it turns into that song that goes Aah! and it's really fun. And it also has King Arthur and Camelot, and even though it isn't done in a way that I would choose to have King Arthur and Camelot done, I think it's fun. I enjoy Shrek 3. I can recognize that it is not objectively as good as the others, but (laughs) I have fun with it. So so two things. Two things. The Stonehenge poster, I'm looking, I looked this up on the internet while you were talking. Okay. Uh, The Stonehenge poster features the members of Spinal Tap wearing medieval garb. Oh, cool. Interesting. Why Uh, that specific band? So there's a, well, it's a, it's sort of a mockumentary, right? This, this, this is Spinal Tap movie. Mm -hmm. I've only seen it once. And it wasn't really my thing, but there's there's a a joke in there about they're gonna have like Stonehenge on stage for one of their band performances, but something happens and the Stonehenge gets made like really tiny, so they're just like playing amongst these like really tiny Stonehenge. It's it's like it's a funny visual gag. Then that's um, even that's better. What, what a great for. poster. Yeah. And, and Prince Justin, a reference to Justin Timberlake, Cameron Diaz was also dating Justin Timberlake at the oh, time of the movie. Really? 
I did not know that. Yeah, thanks, Internet. Thanks, Internet. David, you get a point for that, even though really the Internet told you. But that's a fun little fact. Yeah. Must have been post-Britney Spears. But, uh, no, I think I just really enjoy the details of Shrek, the visual gags, the little tiny extra things, the little, like, throwaway comments from people. None of which I can actually think of at this time. But I think that's what makes it the most fun. I don't know. Like I said, it was odd, though, because as I watched this one, I thought, shouldn't there be more? And so I did walk away feeling like I was a little shortchanged. Not because of the movie itself, though, just because of how I incorrectly remembered it. Yeah, I think I I think I maybe felt that too. Like that there could be there could be something more happening with the movie just plot-wise than there is. And it felt like it felt like some of the jokes were like padding out a movie that didn't have as much going on. It's it's odd because it's it. If they had had anything else, I think it could have run the risk of being too busy and trying to cram too much in. But at the same time, like, at the beginning of the movie when they mentioned something about the ball being the next night. Maybe it was just my skewed sense of time as a child or the fact that I didn't really pay that much attention to how time progressed in the movie. But I thought this took place over the course of, like, I don't know, two days or something, at the very least, if not, like, three or four. And it just takes place over, like, 24 hours. It's not bad that it does. But somehow, I just thought, I don't know, that that there something else was supposed to happen. But I don't even know what it would be. I have no ideas. I have no actual constructive criticism to this beyond, I feel like it's missing something, full stop. Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from. I also don't know what I would add to Shrek 2. (laughs) Um, But I I understand where that that comes from. I appreciate it. I was a little surprised watching it when we went straight from he like got back to the castle and then like oh no fairy godmother and charming are there now you've been arrested your friends are gonna come rescue you the ball's happening i was like oh there wasn't like a thing that happened between those we're jumping straight to climax climax yeah suddenly it was the climax like that maybe that's it there's no like rising action i feel like it's setting up the movie and you have like the first couple plot points and then suddenly you're at the climax of the movie. And and so there just should be more steps in there. I think that's a fair assessment. But I also just like movies that move fast. Unless it's Titanic, which moves appropriately slowly. <laughs> I do, however, I do think the climax is very, very good, though. I really love the um, Need a Hero cover. Oh, it's amazing. It's really great. It's amazing, the fairy godmother in the dress, on the piano, at the ball, and then, I don't know, it's just a really good scene. 
like spliced with Shrek being a hero. I don't know. I'm saying obvious things that everyone likes about the scene, but it's just really good. They did a good job of editing it together, and they had a good song to go in the background of it. A song can really oh, yeah. make a scene, and Shrek's soundtrack knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Did I did I mention that the soundtrack reached the top ten of the Billboard 200? Really? No. Proud of go. Shrek. Good for yeah, Shrek there you, too. There you go. Everybody, everybody likes the soundtrack to Shrek too. Everybody does. Accidentally in love is a freaking bop and a jam and a banger love all it. in one. I actually, I looked it up on Spotify after you were like, it's an original song. Because I was like, you know what? I like that song. That should be on my Spotify. Hallie, one of these days, I just want to scroll through your Spotify because I don't think I would understand it. (laughs) You would hate my Spotify. Oh, I absolutely would. You would hate it so much. Like, I can't, like... Like, there's some music I turn on and I'm like, you know what? It's not my jam, but I can accept that this is playing and other people enjoy it. I think I would turn your music on and I would be like like a sim who only just thinks question marks and like an angry exclamation point above my head, but I can't verbalize anything. (laughs) What the fuck is this? You would just be punctuation marks because it's the only way you could communicate. Remember when I made you that list of like, here are 10 songs that I listen to a lot that like encapsulate, encapsulate what I listen to. And you were like, I haven't heard of a single one of these. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're weird. You have to make that list again because I threw it out because I'm like, I'm not going to get to this. I know. You have to do it again because now I'm like, God. What goes on in that brain? I don't think I could understand it. You won't. <laughs> you won't. Yeah, I don't. I don't have Spotify, but I'm sure that Spotify sucks. Would... So don't get it. Spotify is great. You should get it if you like having access to music, like lots of it. You can have access on an app that works really well. Yeah, that's what Apple Music is for. I do not like Spotify. Okay. I will die on this hill. No one else ever agrees with I still don't get why you don't like it. I have explained this to you like 50 times. Well, it had something to do with how it wouldn't let you listen to one song over and over. Except that (laughs) it's always let me do that. And I can also make playlists that are just that song and then keep replaying the playlist. Well, that's the thing. I can't tell if Spotify is just out to get me specifically. And it's very possible that it is. Because whenever I tell people my frustrations... No one else has ever had these problems before. So I think Spotify is just out <laughs> no, to get me. No, you're the only one. <laughs> but because of that, I hate Spotify. And even when I temporarily got like the free premium account, I just, I'm so accustomed to my Apple Music workings that I was like, this sucks. I don't even want to try to know it, which is not the correct attitude to have, but it's the attitude I had. And I got rid of my Spotify mistakes and i'm better for it Eh. you're not the only downside is that spotify does have some things that apple music does not have like taylor swift's cover of um september by earth wind and fire and i thought that was like your least favorite song yeah i hate that song 
but she does a really good <laughs> version of it because it's it it takes down all the anxiety that the song gives me. You you should listen to it, but it's only on Spotify, so you can't. <laughs> Hang on, I'm looking it up. September Taylor Swift. I'm gonna save it to a playlist that's only that song, so I can listen to it later. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that I hated that song. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, ugh. Add to playlist. New playlist. September. (laughs) Maybe I'll add the original on here also and just have it be these two songs. (laughs) There we go, I did it. I'm gonna listen to it later and I'm gonna judge it. Yeah, I don't expect good things because you don't like Champagne Problems. You thought Champagne Problems was okay. Yeah, it was fine. I'm like never gonna listen to it again. It was like fine. Literally, all I listened to this weekend was on YouTube a mashup of Taylor Swift's "All Too Well" and "Champagne Problems," and that's like it. Uh, sounds like the worst. No, it's amazing. <laughs> that's all I did, <laughs> except for one song that I heard in Ulta that I looked up and was like, "Yeah, this is catchy. This is good. I'll add it to a playlist." But I have to go back to my Taylor Swift uh, th- th- song. anyway this got very off subject from shrek but (laughs) but uh i i now have accidentally in love by counting crows downloaded to my phone via spotify it's on hooray for me it's on my my playlist that's um just titled hashtag tbt and it has all these like throwback songs from like 2005 because to me that's a throwback (sighs) 2005 was 16 years ago. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's a long I know that time was ago. Basic, I know that was basic math, but that's a, a thing that just occurred to me. If someone was born in 2005, they are getting their driver's license this year. Yeah. They sure are. Don't like that thought that's at all. That's a mathematical fact. Yeah. If you were born in 2005, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> let us know <laughs> let us know how uh, us how, how, the, how the driving's coming yeah let us know <laughs> another tell us how your life is we, we want to know we're old yes, another fun math fact is that old. if you were born in 2005 and you are taking your driver's test your three-point turns are 40 percent better if you listen to accidentally in love by the counting crows as you do it that's, that's that's also a math fact. Just a fact. That's how it is. I can't dispute you on that one. Nope. So yeah. All right. So for next week, <laughs> I think this is the movie we decided on for next week. I think so. I'm, we'll find out. I, yeah. It, it is now because I <laughs> it is. only wrote one intro. <laughs> <laughs> In the distant future, humans have learned how to travel between the stars. After centuries of searching, we finally make contact with another advanced civilization living on a forest planet several light years away. This is the Blue Man Group, a race (laughs) of hairless percussionists with bright blue skin famous across the galaxy for their innovative drumming. After a brief skirmish, several of the blue aliens are captured and returned to Earth where they are subject to a series of tests and forced to perform live shows for audiences across America. 
In documentary style, this film follows the plight of the aliens as they long to be returned to their home world, which the humans are also ruining because that's what we do. That's right. Next time, it's Avatar. <laughs> Since I love Titanic so much, we're watching another three-hour James Cameron movie because why not? I was going to try and fit in an Avatar The Last Airbender joke in here, but I actually don't know anything about that show except for God. some meme about the Fire Nation attacking, and I have no idea <laughs> what that changed. means. Everything changed with the Fire Nation attack. Everything changed God. when the Fire Nation attacked. It's yeah, been 100 years, and means. my brother and I discovered the new about Avatar. It. God, David, so, you have to watch we're Avatar. Not watching, we're not watching Avatar The Last Airbender or the movie, which I hear is great and no one had any problems with. <laughs> not a we're one. We're watching James Cameron's no. Avatar, which Flawless. is about blue blue people, which I think are called the Navi, not the Blue Man Group. But <laughs> I hope that's a joke that translates and that other people <laughs> outside of the Chicagoland area know what the Blue Man Group is. Because <laughs> um, I don't actually know uh, how popular or well-known that what was that? What happened? Kristen, what did you do? What? Sorry. What did you do? There was a big thud outside, and I thought that a cat had knocked something over in the bathroom. So I went to go check to make sure oh. that the cat was fine. And no, my mother fell down the stairs, so... Oh, no. <laughs> but it was only, like, three steps. Instead of the whole stairs. She's one of the listeners of the podcast, though. We She's need every one single one that we can get. We need all of the <laughs> listeners possible. Colleen, if you're listening, I hope you're okay when you fell down the stairs. She claims she's fine, but I, I hope... I don't know. I think she'll feel better once she hears that kind well wish from you. And then the fact that Hallie just laughed at her and her pain. <laughs> Well, like, what did, what did, like, what did Colleen do to the stairs that they felt they had to retaliate this way? Colleen does so many things, honestly. Who knows? Yeah, so, like, what's the story here? That's what I want to know. That's why I'm laughing. The stairs have had 26 years of this, and they're done. <laughs> Today. Today. <laughs> 2021 is their year. It's gotta be someone's year. May as well be the stairs <laughs> in my house. <laughs> May as well be Kristen's stairs here. <laughs> Why not them? Why not them? Yeah, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Avatar. We're watching that next time. I'm super yeah. excited. Look up the Blue Man Group uh, if that didn't make any sense to you. You should you should look up the Blue Man Group. I think more people will know the Blue Man Group because we saw the Blue Man Group when I went to Universal when I was a wee lass. Yeah. And that's all the way in Florida, in Florida, which is pretty far from the Midwest. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that I hope that was a joke that <laughs> made any sense. <laughs> I know they don't always do. So, that'll be for two weeks. Is Avatar. This was Shrek. Shrek 2, rather. Shrek 2, there you go. Shrek 2, the second Shrek movie. And, yeah, until next time, goodbye, Hallie. Goodbye, David.
Goodbye, Kristen. Guten Nacht. And good night, listeners. So long. <laughs>